Good morning, everybody. Sorry, we're just a little discombobulated dealing with some technological snafus. That's all code for. I didn't have my stuff ready and raring to go. But here we are. It's a fine fall Monday morning. Hope everybody's doing well. We have come to the end of our study through the book of Revelation. We have spent, I don't know, last four, five, six weeks on just walking through in kind of an expositional format, all the different um, passages, just kind of straight through the text, explaining all the exegetical hurdles and such. And so what we're going to do um, this morning and in subsequent mornings this week, if there's enough interest, is we're going to spend some time focusing on key themes, key issues, um, complex issues, controversial issues, hermeneutical issues, all kind of issues. Um, anything whatsoever that you might have a question about as it relates to this book. So in other words, as we walk through Revelation and we've talked about the millennium and the tribulation and buying and selling and the number of those half parked it and spent a bunch of time detail than we did. Although I did try to like give a flyover, hit all the pertinent issues, explain where we were. So there might be things um, on the tail end of this study that you have questions about um, that you would love for us to explore further. So there's a couple of ways um, that, that we can do this. Um, first, you can um, comment in here on the Facebook live stream and let us know what kind of questions um, that you have. Um, you can um, email me at paul.gilward at fourlokeschurch.com and as those questions come in, we can address some of them um, now or in subsequent days. So, um, and then in, in between those times, those questions, I will kind of highlight what I think are particularly important themes from the book of Revelation as we go from here. Okay, now obviously I almost forgot, um, because this is the last, last week we're gonna be doing this, I'm breaking out the fine china. This is um, a gift from a couple of just precious friends at Four Oaks. It's a Park City, Utah mug. And there's a couple of things I love about this mug. Okay, number one, um, it's got, it's, it's imprinted on both sides, so you don't have to hold it with your left hand to show the, um, to show the logo. It's, it's got it on both sides, so that's a win. Number two, this thing is so durable, thick, that you could stick it in the microwave for a month and it would not hurt it whatsoever. So thanks um, to those folks who, who gave me this. Um, let me pray for us and then we are going to get going and make sure to send in any comments on the Facebook uh, comments page, any questions, or email them to paul.gilbert at fourokeschurch.com. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we come to the, the end of this study of the book of Revelation, um, we are just asking that these words, these ideas, these truths that we have been able to discuss and, and talk about and prayerfully consider, they would be sticky or they would just stick to our hearts. They would really um, bear fruit, that, they, that our lives would just come under these amazing truths and that you would um, do a work of grace in our hearts and lives through them. Lord, um, for 
for our time this morning, Lord, bless us as we um, consider um, pertinent themes, different issues, and, and such from this study. And Lord, pray that you would be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so a couple things here as we're, um, as, as we're getting going. Let me, let me remind you of a few resources that you might want to access that can be helpful in, in studying the book of Revelation. One, of course, is the book Unveiled Hope by Scotty Smith who planted Christ Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee. And Scotty is a, a great brother, amazing guy. This is a perfect book for giving you not only a, um, a theological overview of Revelation, but a very pastoral, personal note. If you want to dive into the deep waters, This Bad Boy by G.K. Bill, uh, it's a commentary on the book of Revelation. Both of these are found on Amazon, of course, and you can dig into them, and they are they're super helpful. Um, if you just want to like go for a run or a podcast or something, if you go to the Gospel Coalition website, there is a series of lectures by D.A. Carson. D.A. Carson is, is professor at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and he does, uh, he teaches a class on the book of Revelation and walks through um, the entire book and there's like 25 lectures they're free you can download them you can stream them they're they're pretty awesome and so I think you'd find those helpful as as well so what I thought I would do this morning is just highlight what I think is is maybe the primary thing that we need to walk away from the book of Revelation with now remember um, going all the way back to chapter 1 the book of Revelation was just not dropped out of heaven, dropped out of the sky. Um, it was not a just sort of a, um, you know, a, a, a theological treatise or a story that, that emerged out of thin air. In reality, remember, John, the last living apostle, remember he had been exiled to the island of Patmos to spend the remainder of his days. Patmos was an island quarry. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a rock pit, and there was, it was not a pleasant place to be. It's like living, spending the rest of your days at the garbage dump. But he was there. He was isolated. He was um, alone, and he was writing to the seven churches of Asia Minor, and and John probably had contact with those churches because, um, as an apostle, after he left Jerusalem, and we don't know exactly when that happened. Remember, he had been given charge by Jesus to care for Mary, um, Jesus's mother. And so church history tradition tells us, we don't know how, how true it is or not, that, that John was later in, and we do know that he was in Ephesus, and that Mary, Jesus's mother, was with him, and that through his ministry there in Ephesus, he became connected to these churches in Asia Minor. And so John is writing to these seven churches. And, and the reason he's writing them is because they are experiencing increased intense persecution. This is when persecution in the Roman Empire began to take on a more official, solidified form. And, and John is writing to them to encourage them, to exhort them, to help them persevere. And, and his mode of communication is a little different, okay? It's poetic, it's 
apocalyptic literature. It's in the apocalyptic genre. We're not that familiar with apocalyptic literature, and so that's what makes it strange. But it would not have been strange whatsoever to the to the folks who that he was to whom he was writing, and so he would. And so basically, apocalyptic lit- literature and in, 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 in the word apocalypto literally means to reveal by symbols and numbers. And it was a way that writers would take n- normal prose narrative history and then they would weave it into poetic literature, symbolic literature. Um, and it would be the same thing as, you know, the difference between reading a book about the Grand Canyon and then seeing pictures of the Grand Canyon. Both are valid, both are necessary, both are needed, but one, obviously the pictorial version is gonna more tap the imagination. And that's what John does, that's what apocalyptic literature was meant to do. And excuse me as I kind of re- readjust here. Um, so so that's why um, this might be strange literature to us, but it was not strange, right? to the original readers. And one thing I want to point out this morning, okay, is how John begins and ends this book, okay? We oftentimes think about, well, we're going to dial into Revelation to figure out, figure out how it all ends. Um, we, we kind of see it as, the, as, the, as a set of tarot cards or one of those crystallate balls that you would shake up and ask it questions and it would float up and answer. And we get disappointed because we come to Revelation and don't understand anything. But fundamentally, if you want to say, what is, what is, what is the one thing, okay, that is being revealed, okay, through symbols and imagery? What is the one thing that John is honing in on, focusing in on? It is, of course, Jesus. This isn't merely the revelation of what is to come, okay? It is primarily the revelation or the revealing, okay, of Jesus Christ. And so we see this all the going back up to the to the first chapter, first verse, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so John's very first thing that he wants to highlight for this church, and he gives them a vision of the Son of Man. He this is the resurrected Christ. Now remember, John was probably the closest personally, relationally to Jesus in his earthly ministry. You remember it was upon um, Jesus that John laid his head on his breast and was, and was asking Jesus, who was going to betray you, Jesus, at the Last Supper? They had an intimate, close, personal communion. But here John comes face to face with the resurrected Christ, the risen Christ. And he paints this picture uh, for us that's one of just, um, quite honestly, awe, okay, and terror. And, um, you know, John is face down on the ground. John is worshiping Jesus. And I love how when, when, when John says in verse 17, when I saw him, this is chapter one, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not. I just kind of think about when I was little and my and I would have an accident on my skateboard and bike and I would come in crying and my mom or my dad would put their hand on me and say, it's going to be okay. And so that's the sense I think John has here of, of meeting the resurrected Christ. So, so everything that happens 
from this point forward to the book of Revelation is an unfolding of the revelation of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done, what he's going to do, how he works, his words of exhortation to these seven churches, these visions which unfold what's going to happen um, um, through the course of redemptive history. And that's, um, so the book begins with Jesus. Now, interestingly, when you flip all the way to the back, okay, chapter 22, the book ends, okay, with the, the, the person of Jesus. It begins that way, it ends that way. And here, Jesus in chapter 22 is giving comfort to John and these churches that indeed he is coming again, that he is most certainly coming back to set things aright, that he is um, high and lifted up, that he is glorified, that he is going to enact justice, he is going to establish his reign um, in his kingdom on earth. And remember, we talked about this idea, if you want to kind of trick your friends, try to get them to guess what is the last... Um, you know, what is the last uh, words of Jesus, the last things Jesus says in the Bible? And of course, it's not in the Great Commission. It's none of that. It's surely I am coming soon. Okay. Um, and so um, that is what the reader wants to be left with, right? As we walk away from the book of Revelation. So it is, it is, it is meant to show us, right? that if we've missed Jesus, we've missed the book of Revelation, okay? If, we've, if, we, if, if we don't come away from the book of Revelation with a greater sense of awe and worship and um, submission to Jesus as Lord, we've missed the whole point. If we don't walk away with this, with this idea that you can, um, that, that, God's people are called to be faithful, to persevere, even in the midst of persecution. And we can do this because we are following after Jesus Christ. We are following him. We are participating in his sufferings. And, and, and because of that, he has gone before us. He has, he has conquered. So um, that would be lesson number one from the book of Revelation for this morning, for today. It begins and ends with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's about being filled with hope and encouragement because of Jesus. And if there's any other central focus that we derive from the book of Revelation, it's, it's all of those things are to be subordinate, subsidiary to this one theme of the fact that Jesus is, that he died, he rose, he conquered, he ascended to heaven, and now he is coming back. Okay. Um, so again, if you have specific questions, okay, things that you would want to, us to follow up this week as we, um, as, we, as we bring this study to a close, you again, you can share those. You can comment on the Facebook page. You can email me at paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com. And again, I'm going to be picking some of those to highlight and to, and to dive a little bit deeper into um, um, throughout the course of this week. And so the thing to take to, from today, okay, is that, is that we read the book of Revelation wanting to know more about who Jesus is. That's the point. And as these churches saw more about who Jesus was and who, he, who, who he's revealed himself to be, they were inspired to walk in hope and encouragement. I think about 
what Paul says when he says that the way that we are changed, right, is that we look upon the glory of the Lord and we are changed from one degree of glory to another. And I just really want to call us um, this season to look upon the glory of Jesus Christ as it's revealed in his word. Remember, there is no other Jesus than the one that which scripture testifies to and revelation is all about him. All right, let me pray. Lord Jesus, thanks again for this time. We pray, Father, that um, your son would be lifted up and glorified because of our times here together. Thank you for this study and this book. We pray, Lord, that you continue to weave it into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same station. Be sure to submit your questions. Um, look forward to being with you then. See you later. Bye.